Steve Vines. My favourite time of the week. How are you doing? Don't lie. Good morning. Good morning. At now. <laughs> now. So yes. I don't know what's on your list. I've got railways not getting there. Uh, a fiscal cliff and it will be your fault. You will pay the penalty if we don't sort out these naughty boys gobbing off in Ledgeco. Yes. Uh, what else we got? Well, there's, there's another little story. And I say little story pejoratively because I've just learnt that word. Right. And um, uh, it's about the Urban Renewal Authority. The name tells you quite a lot. Um, uh, but it, it, it kind of epitomises how government works. So now they're saying, oh, we really can't be bothered with all these little projects. We want big, big projects. Because all these little projects are so fiddly. So, I mean, what they're actually supposed to be doing, in case anybody takes seriously the words urban renewal, authority is a joke, of course, <laughs> but urban and renewal, is they're supposed to be looking around town, looking at bits of town that could be done with what we call technically tarting up. But they're saying, oh, no, no, we don't want to do any of that. It's all it's below us. We're bureaucrats. We want big heritage projects, you know, something really imaginative like, oh, I know, a new shopping no, mall. No, we want to pull down big stuff. Yes, big stuff. We want new shopping malls, new roads to nowhere, new this centre and that centre. If possibly they could be named after me, well, you know, I don't really mind. OK, if you must. And that's spelt with a V. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's all of this going on. But it, it, it is a wonderful insight into how bureaucrats think. They can't really do... What's actually needed is a lot of little projects which will make a big difference around town. You know, that there's a corner of a street that could do with tarting up. Again, <laughs> I use the technical expression, etc., um, etc. Et but they say, no, 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 oh, 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 no, no, we can't do the private sector and do that. We only want to do the big stuff. Well, boys, you failed before, so I'm sure you'll fail again. But it's interesting that they're actually saying this in public now. I mean, we always suspected that they didn't really want to do the hard graft. Now they're actually whining about it in public. I didn't get that story, Drew. Many Drew. didn't. It's, it's in the... Um, it, it is actually um, lurking somewhere in the South China Morning Post today Yeah, for its six readers who want to read that sort of thing. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it's sort of been rumbling. I, I had heard about this before I saw the story. Well, one good thing... I walked past Central Nick last night. It's mm. been unveiled. Looks lovely. All right. Really, really nice. But, but you know, this is a classic example. I, I'm not against this, incidentally, because this is a renovation project, and I, I suppose it will be um, a rather fine piece of kit. But it's a very big project. If you just go round the corner from the old... We're talking about the old... Um, Central Police Station. Central Police Station and the prison that was behind yeah, it. Yeah, that's very funky now. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are very interesting buildings, but you just go round the corner and up the hill, and there's a number of other bits and pieces that could, with a lick of paint, maybe <laughs> maybe a flower pot or two, be, be made just to look a bit nicer. I mean, it's these... It, you know, it's the little things that matter. I'm sure that's a cliché from somewhere or Got other. from somewhere, yeah, but yeah. you're absolutely right. You're right. But, so, but, you know, your, your urban renewal boys, they go, no, 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 we have to do the big stuff. But the good news is when the private sector does do it, they tend to do it properly. Well, or not. Okay. I mean, or not. Or not. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, there is this thing called knocking everything down, which um, is, is rather prevalent among private sector developments, or changing the, um, you, you know, so fundamentally changing the appearance as to render it of, so, sort of to strip it, I should say, of its historical origin. I mean, I think we've got to be honest about Hong Kong. It's not as though, honest. you know, the Parthenon was here and there, there were all these great and wonderful buildings. But there is such a thing as historical continuity and heritage. 
And, you know, most of it's gone, even yeah. if some of the buildings, frankly, weren't that special to begin with. That's not the point, They're still part of the heritage. Scott writes, good morning. He says, we want big jobs that can get contractors who are big enough to hire a good BVI trust lawyer and set up our retirement funds outside the reach of the ICAC. Fair enough. None of this cash in hand of Mr Hoy, the idiot, he says. <laughs> well, he's referring to a case that's in the, in the high no, court. No, we can't talk about moment, that. So we? we can't talk about no, that. No. We can't say who, who's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but the, his first comments, and I, I hasten to say I make no comment on his second comments, seem to be absolutely right on the I think the he's money. being sarcastic, though. No. We'll ban him, shall we? Well, he's banned. You're banned from You're listening banned. to Radio right. 3. That's it. Uh, on, a, on a different topic, John writes in, he says, the MTR thoroughly deserves all the criticism it's receiving at the moment as commuters have no choice but to enjoy the counterproductive, endure, enjoy, intolerable, incessant announcement regarding, check it out, mobile phone etiquette. <laughs> when you, you, truly, when you get on the escalator, this woman's got this very high-pitched, bouncy voice, and she's saying, don't keep looking at your phone. I, you know, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to say I'd heard it, but I am so energetic. You've got a driver. I, I, I bound up the stairs, don't I? And if yep. you believe that, you believe anything. Well, he's quite um, right. But he what... is right. It is, I mean, oh, I, I found, you know, this sort of clatter of noise. It's not just that. It's like you're, you're walking peacefully down a nice little quiet street in Central. Oh, yeah. And now the adverts talk to you. You know, there, there was a day. When, there, there was a day when you could just see a hoarding, and you either looked at it because you wanted to, or you didn't. Now they're all, you know, they've all got people shouting people? at you. People. I don't know who they are. They're probably not people. They're probably members of the lower class. But I don't know who they are. But they are certainly blasting away at you as you're walking innocently down the street about your business. Blinking Harry Potter movies. That's what started all that <laughs> stuff. I tell you. Can but, we blame Harry Potter for I everything? Think, I think we can. Oh, the, the MTR. Few stories in the news about the MTR. Um, it still makes me laugh when the, the top news stories. And we had two minute delay this morning. <laughs> yes. I mean, you do have to get this in some perspective. If you've travelled on most mass transit systems, I have to say, and I am not a, uh, I've not been paid vast sums of money to come to the studio to defend the MTR, but I do have to say that it is a significantly better service than most mass transit systems I know by not an inch, but by a mile. Oh, by a long time. I mean, but, but you know, thing- I come from London and I've spent a lifetime travelling on the tube. North London, you, the misery North, line. North London is what, what, where I come from. And, um, you know, a two-minute delay would have everybody just in stitches. Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, this is another issue that's really growing here because it's one of these things, it's snowballing. Every little thing is adding to it, adding to it, adding to it. You know, um, delays on building stuff, etc., etc. Well, it's not only the delays, but it's the lies. You know, you, you go to... The Legislative Council, which at least in theory is an important body, and you say to to people without blinking, oh, everything's all right on this project, everything's on course, when it seems all the evidence points to the fact that you actually know that it ain't, that there's a big problem. So I think people, actually I think people are quite reasonable. They do understand that things get delayed, that, you know, there's been, I mean, there was heavy, heavy rain last week, it knocked out as it so happens, my telephone system. And it's very funny. I phoned up PCCW. And I oh, said to them... I'm going to sit back Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I waited the usual statutory hour. And the first thing the bloke said to me was, was very defensive. He said, well, it's been... Heavy. I said, look, I understand why it's happened. That's fine. All I wanted is it to be fixed. You know, that's, that's the issue here. Not, you know, it's not your fault that there was heavy rain. I completely understand that. Yeah. And it's this kind of attitude is, is not how do we fix it? But how do we tell the story about fixing it? And that 
really gets people's goat. Yes, Minister. Yes, Minister. <laughs> yes. I saw a cracker on Facebook. I love it. I always say, get the barometer, get the, the pulse of the city. Some geezer wrote on Facebook yesterday, PCCW, you criminals. That's what, that's what he wrote on Facebook. <laughs> well, all I can tell you is, is when you phone them up, do, do have your feet up do have several beverages around you because you'll be spending quite a lot of time. Oh, yeah. It's not what we call a quick call. Press one press for, the, one for da, 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 this, da, 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 press two for that. Um, then, 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 oh, actually, on this one, to be fair, the line did go dead as well. Because he imploded. <laughs> You've had... You, I, I, I never talk to these guys. You have a whole load of stories. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I've got, I have endless broadband problems where I live. And, and in the end, in, incidentally, I mean, you know, this is entirely confidential. I hope no-one's listening. Yeah, don't worry. But, but the, uh, finally, because there have been this enormous long run of, of problems with the PCCW Now TV. Mind you, when you switch it on, you wonder why you bother, but that's another issue. Um, he, he comes in, he finally says to me, oh, no wonder... You're using that modem. I said, well, you supplied it. He said, yeah, but that's the one we normally supply. They're very cheap (laughs) and they don't work very well. But don't tell anybody. But don't tell anyone. So nobody heard that, okay? But I tell you, if you've got a white-coloured modem, chances are that it's a cheap bit of something beginning with C. And if I were you, I'd ask for the black-coloured one because, oh, oh, it works. That's that's one of its small advantages. It does seem to be. You know, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, this morning, joking aside, inclement weather, it seems like things are held together with sticks and string. You know, one, <laughs> one big downpour. Well, it was actually quite a big downpour. and it, the There's same. been quite a lot of it. There has been quite a lot of it. All the same. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Hong Kong has had rather extreme weather recently. You sound like... <laughs> I, I sound... Yes, sir. So, yes, Minister. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, here we are in, you know, such a advanced plays, blah, 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 but things just break down left, right and centre. Stunning storms over the past few days. They have been. Uh, last, No, not last night, the night before. Yeah. If you like pyrotechnics, you'd have loved that evening. Absolutely. All right, then, well, what else you got up your sleeve today? Well, I was thinking the other thing um, which is interesting to me, and, and just in case, and I think Hong, Hong Kong mainly exists so that Macau can feel less bad about itself, is the, the recent developments in in Macau where the chief executive has suddenly pushed through the legislature a bill saying that he's immune immune from criminal liability while he's in office. Fair play. You may want to ask, why did he feel the need for that bill at this particular time? Some people say that there's gambling in Macau and sometimes there's corruption attached with gambling. I I think that must be a rumour. Anyway, so he's pushed through this bill and He's also pushed through a bill, which is really interesting, is that not only will the chief executive get 70% of his salary after he ceases to become chief executive, but in case you don't think that he and his principal officials are lining their pockets enough... How does that work? All right, go on. Well, it works by giving public money to people (laughs) who aren't doing any work. But but they've they've got an even better wheeze, which is before before they take over office, the chief executive and new principal officials, they're paid... 90% 90% of their salary while they're waiting to take on the job. It, now, ju- it just seems to happen is, so seems, much more smoothly it in the seems The words blatant, fragrant and, oh my God, yeah. all come together here. But, I mean, what is interesting, of course, is that the Macau legislature, and I know it's a big thing in the world, but uh, nobody knows about it, but never mind, the Macau legislature is even more consisting of rotten boroughs and personal appointments by the chief executive than the one here. So, funnily enough, he can get through more or less anything he wants. I say he can get through because there's no sniff of anybody who isn't a male doing that job. So, 
in this situation, which apparently is the ideal of a legislature where everybody is obedient, and you want to just remember this when all these people criticise what goes on in the Hong Kong legislature, in that sort of legislature, you can get through this really shameless legislation. We haven't lined our pockets enough, we'll pass a law to line them a bit more. Oh, and we'll pass a law so we're not subject to the law. Boy! Way to go. Way to go, absolutely. And people are going, oh, if only we could have a legislature like that here where, you know, the chief executive could do anything he wanted. Can we talk about that just for a second? I've got a news article up in front of me. The chief executive, Cyril, has again criticised radical lawmakers for filibustering the budget bill. Radical? Are they really that radical? Well, I think they're politically incompetent, whether they're radical or... Radical I, I, don't know, I, I, I don't know what radical means Neither in this I. context. I mean, one of the things they're calling... I've had more radical Monday nights, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, we don't want to talk about that on the other. Thank <laughs> you, you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, radical, radical, what does it mean? I and mean, one of the things this bunch of Looney Tunes are, are proposing, and the reason why they say they want to hold up the budget, yeah. is because they want a cash handout for everybody. This is... A completely balmy idea that was tried by John Jung before, when when little Donald was the chief executive. If you remember, everybody was yeah. handed six six thousand dollars. I mean, shameless, terrible, utter, criminal waste of money. And they're saying, oh, oh, let's do that again. So it's not as though they've got any great ideas. Maybe they're radical ideas, but a radical idea usually is something that hasn't been tried before. So this actually has been tried before and was rubbish then. If it gets tried again, it will be rubbish again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's kind of... There's nothing edifying going on here. You've got, you've got people with half-baked ideas holding up the budget. The budget itself is pretty half-baked. I mean, there's not a single piece of innovation in there that you'd take out and want to show to your mother on a wet Wednesday. And, frankly... It's it's sort of the lacklustre meets the lacklustre. Hey, two eleven Thursday's morning brew, and as always, in with Steve Vines. Couple of emails, but we will get to those towards the end. So thanks for writing once again. It's morningbrew at rthk.hk. Well, we're we're just uh, what is it? Thirteen days away from June the fourth, the anniversary of the um, Tiananmen Square massacre, and there's a lot going on, and it's quite interesting. I mean, the first thing, of course, that's going on is that people are preparing for the usual rally that's held here on the evening uh, of June the 4th. As it's the 25th anniversary, big one. I think it will be a very big one. And it's, 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 it's not only a big one, but it's very interesting because, first of all, you literally get people from all walks of life. I mean, I, I can't, from very young children to very old people, yeah. people in wheelchairs, people who are perfectly ambient and all the rest of it. But, I mean... It's also, I think, a reflection of something to do with the Hong Kong spirit. I mean, Hong Kong people seem very, very determined that they will be seen as not forgetting mm. what happened 25 years ago. I'm very conscious of the fact that this is the only place on Chinese soil where they're allowed to come out in these sort of numbers to stage this sort of commemoration. So people take that responsibility, that degree of liberty... They take responsibility for having that degree of liberty and say it's incumbent on us. Can I just chuck in here that there's possibly more of a degree of liberty than there would be perhaps in somewhere like London? In, the, in, these, in these, you know, Hong Kong's a very free place. I'm not sure to... it's more than, than in a place like London. I don't, I'm not sure about that. You know that. what I mean? There'd be more rules, there'd be more policing in yeah, other, in yeah, other but countries. But, you know, you, you, you're allowed big assemblies there and, and they, 
they are sometimes quite big. Mm. Of course, what people forget is, proportionally speaking, they're much, much bigger here. Yeah. I mean, we have a population of, give or take, 7 million people, and we've had demonstrations in the streets of 1 million people. It's <laughs> crazy. That means that a staggering percentage of the population, my maths isn't that good, but that's like something like 15% of right. the population takes part in a political protest. Now, in London they've had big demonstrations, but I know of no single demonstration in London that has ever consisted, or any other city in the UK for that matter, that has consisted of 15% of the population. So, you know, every time you hear and you hear ab nauseum, oh, Hong Kong people are apathetic, they don't care... It's just a lie. It's not true. They do care. They do take their responsibilities seriously. And, of course, people go to the June 4th rally for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. The main one, of course, is to commemorate the massacre and to, to insist that, that it, it be addressed by the by the Communist Party. Mm. But, you know, a lot of it is people are unhappy with the way things are, things, are yeah. in Hong Kong. Yeah. There's a feeling that if you go to the June 4th rally... And this, I think, is a very strong feeling. You're asserting the identity of Hong Kong precisely because the liberty exists for you to go there. You're making the point that, that, that Hong Kong people are free to do this. Mm. Um, of course, the fear at the back of everyone's mind is that they may not be free to do it, say, in 10 years' time. But anyway, if the space is open, you occupy it, and that's exactly what happens. Meanwhile, on the mainland, I mean, there is... Journalists are being arrested, lawyers are being arrested. The idea that somehow, in the 25 years that have passed, there's been an increase in, in political freedom, uh, civil rights in, in China, is clearly just not true. I mean, the Xi Jinping regime, the current regime, seems to be, if anything, more repressive, more... Um, intent on clamping down on small voices of dissent. I mean, you've got the, the stepped-up policing of the internet, which is an extremely big issue mm. in China. You've got the physical arrests of people who've been around, I mean, well-known faces, either on the fringes or in the democracy movement, who still live in the mainland, who've been at liberty, have been rounded up now. I mean, this is quite extraordinary. 25 years after the massacre, they're still clamping down on these people, but, but stepping that up. You've got increased exhortations in the official media uh, stirring up, because this is all they can stir up, sort of nationalist passion as a way of counteracting any demands there might be for greater liberty. So, I mean, it, it's, it's quite ugly. Yeah, and it's interesting to think that I think it was two days ago in 1989 that they declared martial law, and they've been lifting people in Tiananmen Square for a couple of weeks now, I think, or, yeah. or certainly in Beijing well, for well, a couple of well, weeks now. In Shanghai as well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, when martial law was declared, I think everybody... It was really interesting. I, I was here, and I remember I was covering it. It so happened, talking of the weather, it was a day of enormous storms in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, tens of thousands of people turned out on the streets to protest against the imposition of martial law. This is well before the, the massacre. And I remember talking to a lot of people, and they were all saying, this is as bad as it's going to get. They, I, I can't recall, and my memory may be faulty, or maybe I spoke to the wrong people, but I can't recall anybody saying to me, you know what will happen now, is they'll start killing people. Everybody said, it will be martial law, They'll force all the students to leave the square 
and um, there'll be a clampdown on the media. But really, people were under the impression, because, of course, Zhao Ziyang hadn't been deposed at this time. Mm. He, what, what we know is he effectively had been deposed because Deng Xiaoping had called the other leaders to his house and said to them, um, OK, boys, I'm in charge now. We'll deal with him in a couple of days. But at the time when martial law was imposed against Zhao Ziyang's advice, even though he was the Communist Party's general secretary, that there was this feeling, at least here, I wasn't on the mainland, so I don't know what was there, but I've spoken to many, many people who were there. There was this feeling, was, that was as bad as it would get. The Communist Party would never turn its guns on this, in this way on its own people, particularly on the youth. So the shock, the enormous, almost paralysing shock of what happens still reverberates to an extraordinary extent to today. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole new generation, of course, it's 25 years, there's people who weren't born, who, who turn up to these rallies and they get, they get caught up in this atmosphere. Um, you know, I, I think if you want to see Hong Kong as its best, go down to Victoria Park on the evening of June the 4th. This has long been my view. There's a few things happening at the moment. I wonder what's going to kick off in the next couple of months, because don't forget, we've got July 1st, we've got whenever, whatever, Occupy Central may or may not be, but it's certainly got them all the twi Twitter. And we've got various things, announcements from government officials that get under people's skin. It all adds, doesn't it? And it's the timing couldn't be better. Well, the timing could be better. <laughs> I, I, I also have to point out, and um, some may say this is deliberate, some may say it's unfortunate, yeah. but it is interesting that the... That the um, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the the deadline for the end of the budget debate that the it's president of Legco has set is June the fourth, a date that most people have etched in their memory. I'm quite sure um, uh, young Jasper Chang himself is well aware of the significance of that date. So it's interesting that he should pick it as a date to do the cutoff. So you've got that, as you say, you you've got July the first is a big rally day in Hong Kong, the anniversary of the foundation of the Hong Kong SAR. You've got the so-called consultation process on constitutional reform, which, before it's even been announced, the government's said, well, we don't like this and we don't like that, and we'll look at what it says in the consultation after we've made up our mind. Yep. Or maybe never. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got um, other things crawling out of the woodwork. And sitting on top of this, you've got... And who thought this was ever going to be possible? The most unpopular chief executive that Hong Kong ever had. I mean, his two predecessors were phenomenally unpopular. So you thought, oh, no one's going to top that. I mean, at least the new one is going to do better. But no, no, there's new depths to be plunged. How do you feel it panning, panning out? Because, I mean, Occupy Central, we don't know anything yet. We don't it's, know it's certainly got them worried. I, I'm fairly sure it will happen, although they say it's, it's in the balance. I... I don't know. I mean, I think... I really do think that we're in all kinds of uncharted water because while you've got people saying they're going to launch this massive act of civil disobedience, you've also got the police force making it quite clear. And they're, they're, not, they're not doing it with, with kick gloves on. You know, they're, they're, they're deliberately inviting the media over to anti-riot training sessions that they have. They're starting to talk about what weapons they're going to deploy. This doesn't sound like a police force to me that's going to exercise maximum restraint. So that's on one hand. You've got very hot-headed people in the pro-democracy camp mm. who I don't 
by any uh, means think represent the majority, but they represent represent a single a, a singular an active minority who actually are looking for confrontation. Yep. You've got a government that is totally totally detached from the people that it governs. You've got a very hard line set of bosses sitting in Beijing who are looking at all of this and are going uh, no, we don't like any of this. I think they may state it in other words, but I think that's basically the message. Yeah. How does all that come together? Boy, I don't know. Badly. I'm, I'm, my, my crystal ball just says, is, it's sort of, you know, musty, but it says badly. Yeah, quite a few people have been saying, you know, watch this space over the next couple mm. of months. I mean, nobody wants to see carnage and, like, massive unrest. Well, nobody but... wants to see anybody hurt. Nobody seriously thinks that the best way of resolving a political impasse is, is to have blood in the streets. And if they do, they're idiots. Yeah. Well, they're worse than idiots, actually. Mm. But anyway, let's see what happens with that. Not Absol- good. Absolutely. Right, email time. Yeah, we have an email from Brett who says, the budget wasn't, as that must be me, Steve described it, all that innovative, because we don't have the Innovation and Technology Bureau To yet. make it officially... In- yeah, oh, right. God, this, this chap's sarcastic, I don't know. He's gone. <laughs> Though it's interesting to see how innovation, innovation and technology Hong Kong... Innovate and Technology Hong Kong, at least outside government, has been all these years without the help of government. I fully expect the end of all innovation and technology once government gets involved. Kiss of death, letting civil servants get involved with anything. That's so unfair. Very, very unfair. so unfair. But check it out. Honestly, I can think of a civil servant that once... Oh, no, no, not that. Well, no. (laughs) All right, Okay. there must be one, there must be something... Every time the budget comes round, some new, you know, spunky department is announced. Yeah, this is a new bureaucracy. Um, I always think the idea that the government should be in charge of innovation is, is, is wonderful. It's absolutely, you know, you can't make it up. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, look at the Mega Events Fund. I know, you know, it's no secret. A few guys who really could have used the cash for an international event were turned down. They're in trouble. People are saying, get rid of it. But that was one of these things. This Ooh, was another idea. thing. This came out of one of, and again, it's the same. It's the same financial secretary, uh, um, our friend, Mr. Jung, who, uh, who likes these. His boss, Donald liked it very much, the mega fund. I mean, the, the, the carnal implausibility of the idea was there for all to see, was that somehow you would create a fund which would create so-called mega events and people would flock. This was the idea. I mean, I'm explaining it as as though it's sensible. And people would flock from all around the world yep. to go to a lion dance. Gosh. I knew you were going to say that. Gosh. It's quite true. Who knew? Who knew that that wasn't going to work? And then they hold the line dance and they say, oh, it's created... I don't know, they gave out some fantastic figure of all the jobs that it created and it turns out that a high percentage of them went to, oh, that's right, primary school children who possibly aren't in the labour force. I'm not Send them back up the chimney. Send them back up the <laughs> chimney or get them cleaning the sewers, I don't know. Um, then you have... I mean, it was just a boondoggle. It was a way of revo- rewarding your mates, saying, hey... We've got a few hundred million bucks here. You, you, you could have some of this. Lots of money. I'm wondering who has applied for this. I don't know if it's public knowledge and been turned down, because I bet there's some really good things. 
Well, I can tell you. I don't think Cricket Sixes is one. I was was just about to cite that. I mean, the Cricket Sixes is is genuinely an international event. Top. As we know, it's also a rainmaking ceremony, but (laughs) but, um, whatever it is, um, it does, in fact, attract visitors from around the world. Worldwide television. And it gets gets onto the radar of people. And it shows also, interestingly, some aspects of Hong Kong's diversity. So, you know, that would have been one... I know various arts events put in money for this and were told, this again, we come back to this wonderful thing, going, oh, you're too small, we need something much bigger. Mega. What a mega. horrible word. Yeah, mega. It sounds like one of those diseases. <laughs> it's probably a very, mathe- got, it's a very mathematical, ma- mathematical <laughs> definition. Anyway, I'll it's tell you probably, what. It's probably from your actual Latin. I want to turn to Eddie for the last word today uh, about Eddie. Said uh, This fellow says, have you caught the follow-up on Eddie? Mm. Turns out he was done, done in the 60s for participating in demonstrations of the day. Didn't seem to have hurt his career any. No, I think he's got the wrong boy. He's talking about um, 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 Chan Tak Singh's <laughs> Chan Tak Singh, who's the Home Affairs Bureau Secretary, brother of Chan Nuk Singh, who's the President of Legislative Council, who as a student was indeed arrested for giving out leaflets during the Cultural Revolution. Incidentally, anybody in the Communist Party who talks about civil unrest on the streets of Hong Kong, they must know they are the experts.